0: Welcome to the Fit Affiliate Podcast. I'm your host Lisa Kirkman, and sitting alongside me is Tony Ronkey, the founder of Fit Affiliate and all-round CrossFit OG. The mission of Fit Affiliate is very simple: protect the affiliate model. Our sole purpose is to help affiliate owners and coaches attain freedom. We aren't here to tell you what to do, but to instead build your ability to believe in yourself. Enjoy the show. And welcome back to our next episode of Fit Affiliate Podcast joined as always by one of my favorite humans tony and <laughs> today we have our special guest the one and only nathan bird director tgc bird box coaching all sorts of good things in the very busy crossfit ecosystem that you're involved in so it's good to sit down and and have a chat and 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 see where we go hey hey
1: we,
2: we have a, we have a bearded bird that's actually that's the that's the best version of the bird and that grows in so fast this is like 20 years of my beard but birdie's <laughs> like yeah i'm gonna grow a girl beard and then poof it's just right there
1: this is uh i had a haircut not thursday thursday before so this is literally two weeks of growth two weeks of growth yeah. and uh i just said to the barber i was like i'm just gonna leave it and i said where's my next appointment so next thursday is my next appointment so he's gonna do hair and face and i'm just gonna i've quit shaving my own face now
2: you will uh, literally look like a lumberjack by, by, <laughs> by the
0: next Yeah, we'll be
2: out of control. Uh, yeah. well, see, well, this podcast is is actually 2.0, but nobody else knows that. Um, yeah. Last time we had a glitch, but I think it's a good thing because last one was a great conversation, but I think all of us have had some time to marinate on some of that conversation. So we'll kind of recap. into. The only reason I say this is 2.0 is just, I'm pretty sure that I'll, I'll refer back and everybody's going to be like, what episode was that? It's, didn't it yeah. live anywhere? So don't go looking for it in the archives. But I think maybe one day we'll release snippets was, from Signal.
1: I know yeah. I have a Starlink, I'm not worried about the internet at all. So here we yeah. go. Yes, yeah, I, I got a Starlink. No one's standing out kind of up the front
2: with a coat hanger. No, no, yeah, we're all good. No, no, not this, time, not this time. Not this time. Well, sweet. Well, I mean, Bird, you don't really need any introduction. Obviously, Lisa <laughs> did a great job explaining the world who you are, um, and what you've done, but. I think, and we talked about this on the last one, but one of the fun things about this one is every once in a while, like good friends come on here and no doubt about it. I've got some good friends in the CrossFit space, but we talked about this in the last one. One of the things that's great about you and I is that we've literally like traveled the world together. So we have like, everybody's a a CrossFit friend in the CrossFit space, but like you and I have been through some crazy stories and some crazy places. And unfortunately those were very candid last time, but I do want to go back to them because I think it's a big part of the story. But, um, I guess for everybody else who doesn't necessarily know everything about the bird, Nathan bird, give them the backstory on kind of how you got to where you're at. Um, and now where you're well currently in your castle in France, but give us the backstory on that. So everybody knows your cross fitness.
1: Okay. Um, I, I first of all studied off by studying and going into sports injury clinic. Um, working as a therapist however my original background was playing rugby um i did gymnastics before that which was my gymnastics experience to be able to hold good enough body shapes which developed me into crossfit gymnastics um i moved to the middle east and opened crossfit gyms in the middle east for arab investors um where i worked within a coaching team i I was i came in as head coach from the beginning um and then that's when i met crossfit gymnastics uh, started working with CrossFit Gymnastics where we travelled around. Um, however, when I did that, that's when I went on to further studies in areas of strength conditioning, and uh, sport and exercise psychology. These kind of things and elements developed, um, there was transitional changes within CrossFit Gymnastics which started in 2019. Um, from there then I developed Bird Box coaching development, um, which was directly used as a CrossFit approved course, which is now changed to, no, it was a CrossFit preferred course which changed, changed of words, but basically it was a CrossFit course whichever ones we were deciding at the time now it is a crossfit uh, approved course there we go i'm not depends sure depends on I'm what sure.
2: year it is where it lives on the on the crossfit website that's pretty much yeah. the only change and
1: also at the same time as that we've got csc for crossfit gymnastics which is crossfit yeah. speciality course which used to be sme for subject matter expert um yeah however it has led me to the position where i am today where we have CrossFit Gymnastics is now a level one seminar and we just released our level two seminar last weekend, uh, ran it for the first time, which was a two-day course, um, which was super successful and we're really excited to get that out to the world further further reaches. Which The level one course is also now an online course. It's not an online course um, that you may have experienced in terms of potentially CrossFit online courses. Um, it's, it's a very deep online course that may take a period of time for you to go through. It's providing high CEU numbers because of the Volume and the quantity of that course, um, and the quality of that course. That's an online course, which is part of CrossFit Gymnastics. But BirdBox started as an online course, it is a 44 CU online course focusing on just the psychosocial elements of coaching. And from that, the live seminar came out, which is psychosocial elements of coaching, but also including technical elements of coaching. Um, and we are running that internationally. Uh, we're running more than one on the weekend now. Uh, we're running it in multiple languages, direct in language as well. Uh, so we now have a team of coaches for both businesses, and BirdBox Bo is TGC. TGC is Bo box. However, we present as TGC as CrossFit gymnastics.
2: Everything is incestuous and happy.
1: Um, there's a yeah. So well, there's a couple of things about
2: that that story too. One, that you might get the award for the fastest recap of your past out of anybody because normally it's usually like this long one. But I, I'm actually glad that the last episode did botch out because we would just have re-recorded this anyways because a lot has changed really since then just in terms of like new announcements new enrollments and in you know partnerships and whatnot so it's probably better timing for this episode to go live anyways especially given um the launch of the level two which was huge that looks cool and i mean i know personally that is probably hands down one of the most requested and also Like, misunderstood courses in the entirety of all things CrossFit. Like, I don't know, you you could not teach a gymnastic seminar because obviously they loved it. And then, but everybody be like, when's the level two coming on? I'm like, listen, you're nowhere even near ready for that course. But that course at the time was also very different than the course that it is now. And so I'm glad that there is a continuing sort of in person education component for that. And I'm also glad that it was so well received. Not that I ever would have doubted that because. Everybody always wants to jump right to the next one. I'm like, "Eh, this takes some time before you come in and try to do some pullovers and and rip your your thingy off because you don't want to do that.
1: We still have some of more of what we would call next level CrossFit gymnastic movements in the course. However, it used to be just heavily artistic gymnastics. We've really developed it so that it's the next progression and thought process of what CrossFit should be using in terms of competition movements um but it's also about training and training adaptations for current crossfitters um even for longevity but then also beside that we do a lot of observation and assessment so uh, not just the new movements in the coaching. We might get groups of people to do butterfly pull-ups, kipping toaster toaster bar, handstand push-ups, kipping, uh, various movements where we would look at the breakdown of the movement, identify why the breakdown happens, see what the potential injury risks are of them doing that movement and what exercises would we pres- provide and prescribe to these individuals to become more efficient and prevent injuries, not just doing more of the same to get better. So it's really trying to help coaches open their eyes a little bit
2: yeah i mean i think it'll be a very cool course for a lot of people for a lot of reasons and if nothing else it's just it's a course that makes the it makes like kind of like the l3 l4 conversation whatever it makes the other courses make more sense i think to some degree and especially now you know after people watch the competitive element of it people are like i need to do more i'm like listen you don't not even doing the basics yet so let's just start there before we we jump in that one but um i think we'll come back to that and talk a little bit more about what's in the new course but in regards to your journey i think it's kind of funny to to be on the outside but also be alongside that journey with you. Like your experience in CrossFit, particularly in like CrossFit gymnastics otherwise was such a fortuitous series of events dare I say even almost serendipitous cuz for one you might have argue, I mean arguably one of the biggest backgrounds in education of anybody that I've ever come in contact with in the CrossFit space. For those of you guys that don't know, uh, Nathan was addicted to school. He's just he's now in rehab. <laughs> so he's he's now he's now in rehab from school just kidding um like bird how many like different fields of, uh, did, or degrees did you go through or whatever you call them over there
1: we, uh there's three uh, specific fields of re- regional fields for the reason of trying to triangulate depth of my coaching specifically for coaching um I did work in sports injury clinic however I don't like the being confined within a room um, I do did, I did enjoy it but like give me two hours a day maximum I had a beautiful clinic room as well so if it's that was really good and that can keep me in all the time then it, it had to be a change everything was really about coaching to be a more effective coach I had to diversify and understand the depths of coaching and the areas of what we need to understand um, I obviously did my level one my level two back then before level three came out um, of which I collected thereafter but it was more about understanding specifics for coaching coaching athletes or coaching individuals and of coaching people of all levels. Um, so therefore strength conditioning was a consideration to be able to actually understand what are we implementing and why. Um, however, the psychosocial elements of coaching is the depth of what we actually provide for Bird Box, like the soft skills of coaching, but also mm-hmm. how we should be communicating behavioral aspects, aspects, nature aspects, like many different components of coaching that will one, make you a better coach, but also if you're in the field of teaching, like it's pedagogy, it's those considerations as well. Yeah yeah i
2: mean so what i mean by being fortuitous too is that you had obviously came in at at an interesting time because it right at that the same time that you had like started dabbling around in tgc was when i was like you know we really probably need to set up a european staff because i'm sick of this transatlantic (laughs) flight because i was always the one that had to go there and it's really really mind-numbing to do it back to back but at the same time you were also finishing up all the university stuff and so it was like I remember there was a whole field of candidates and I'm sure we talked about this in Amsterdam and I was like, well, one of these kids is going to make it forward. The other ones, we'll see if they they make it out. But and so like that was kind of the first fortuitous thing, but it was such a no brainer, you know, as you brought so much of that needed conversation, I think to, I don't want to call it the professionalization, but that's really probably what it was of the course more than anything. And, it was cool to watch it kind of make that segue, but like it was timing and then like lots of other external events in the CrossFit landscape and ecosystem. And so I think it was cool. And then, you know, Bird Box is able to be born from it. But, you know, the old days, I think, that are funny just to think back to like that Amsterdam time. But we were talking about it. I was just laughing about on the way back here as I was scrambling back to make this podcast for the second time, which I thought for sure I was going to have to cancel. But um, I was just laughing about when we were in Madrid together and then walking 5k in the morning to the, to the gym because we couldn't get an Uber or Lyft because that wasn't really a thing back then. And then the, and I think we talked about this on the last episode too, but uh, the, in the morning getting to the gym, where the first one's there and all of a sudden around the corner comes the translator and everybody else from the gym straight from the bar and the translator, I was like, you ha- ha- you have not slept. And he's like, no, I'm good. And literally didn't really miss a step the whole day, but there's so many parts of those stories, And we talked a lot about that on the last one. And I do want to recap some of them, but I was laughing about that one on the way here, but there's so many of those travel stories, which I think are, are interesting. But I, I think in my opinion, give way to so much of this conversation that like, I'm not saying Bird Box was built on it or TGC was built on it, but there's so, everybody always likes to ask what makes the coaches unique and how, you know, how you become one of these coaches or otherwise. And we talked about this, but, one of the nice parts about gymnastics is the complexity of the behavioral development part of it, right? Where it's not just about movement. It's not just about points performance, but like I can write it on the board and then you go do it. And then I tell you that you did or didn't do it. Well, you have to get into the neurological aspect of fitness so heavily in terms of the human behavior parts of it, which is all great on paper until you get on a plane and you fly transatlantic on a red eye and you get off the plane and then you have no idea what you're doing. You can't read the signs. And now you've got to go into this room of people who do not speak your language at all and then also have to try to address their behavior. And to me, in my journey personally, what was the biggest eye opener for me in coaching and one of the reasons why I think it's it's cool to bring you on here is when you get stripped of your skill set, I think is when it starts to really click to you that, Oh there's something different between coaching, teaching, training and really just delivering information versus actually changing behaviors and when you can't speak to somebody your entire skill set has been removed you're just like I don't even know what jokes to use right now right and like and that is such a big piece of it and I wish that like every coach had that 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 opportunity but I know that that won't ever be the case but I do think that's a big part of it but I was laughing about that the way here and I was like if only we could just record some of those and then play them but then I was like that's what made me laugh I was like no we definitely should not record any of those travel incidents <laughs> <laughs> and and give them so out I, there no I no think no something so, yeah.
0: that you said on the last the last episode about the traveling and how important that was in the evolution of a coach in being able to learn like you know you've got flights at weird times you might have stayed in a crappy hotel or you've slept at the airport like in developing that ability to connect with people and be resourceful rather than walking in on a red carpet and going here's your here's your seminar sir like away you go rather than I've got to learn how to connect with people to navigate my way around this place that I've never been before I don't know anyone but I've got to get from point A to point B and make this thing happen and I think that was something that really stuck with me out of that was the power of that the travel really built that resiliency and ability with coaches to learn how to connect on the fly as a, as a means of survival, I guess.
1: Yeah. Um, re- recently, I've even had the same situations. Uh, I know most recently I did bur box in Ecuador and, and I, I think that's the most ill I've ever been. Um, uh, I, I, I literally, I think I landed on the Thursday, I landed on the Thursday afternoon about 4pm and I slept until 6am of the Saturday morning before the seminar, went and did the seminar, went home and slept directly after it, went and did the seminar, went and slept directly after it, went straight to the airport, I didn't see anything of Ecuador because I was sick. But the seminar was run, all feedback was provided to the participants via email, everything was completed, but nothing was done in terms of just the presentation of the seminar, Um, perform charisma and direction, and this is also with a translator as well um so there it's, it's a super difficult task um two weekends ago I was at, uh, I was in Cancun Mexico same thing I come back I'm sick I come into Nuremberg this weekend just gone and this is like when it hits me full-blown so therefore I'm arriving and I'm luckily I had a team of boys with me which was really good
2: ask some question lisa now you hijacked his internet and then we're having drinks
1: with each other uh, did we you lose
2: me then? yeah
0: we're, i don't no, we're i good. don't
2: think natively you're fine i think you're good i just think that yeah. it's the buffer on the um uh, yeah so
1: yeah talk, talking about like uh the adventures of of seminars is like i've got the support of the boys i had barney joa fraser is our new lad this weekend and i also had nico run a media for us myself um and dane who came in from the states will be running level two out in the states. These boys are supporting me whilst I'm sick. However, we're in Germany, so the buy beer, we'll share a few beers. Obviously, the best recovery to being sick. But then we, we actually do have a sauna, and that really like sorted me out having the sauna on the first night. So we go in in the second night, after we've been for food, after we have more beers. I'm thinking of taking it a little bit easier, start drying off of the towel. And I turn around, and I'm already seeing Barney, who's another one of my lead coaches for level one, but he's also going to be taking the level two, who's sliding along the floor outside the sauna area on his belly, because everything's wet and slippery and the boys had too much to drink this is a seminar this is this is a great weekend this is a typical weekend however when you come into the weekend you can also see the presentation the quality of the seminar no one knows that you're doing that on the night
2: no no it's uh like I said I sometimes I wish that there was videos but then I'm very glad that there's not videos of that that's Um,
1: that's the biggest problem we have now is that we've got Nico who runs our media who just follows us around now and he does a fantastic job the problem is, is that he's the worst in our social, at social groups because you, you do one thing wrong, and then all of a sudden in the group, this meme comes up of you, and you're like, "This guy is relentless." And that's yeah, how Tony uh, feels
0: about the podcast. I take yeah, clips of Lisa's, little Lisa's little takeaways. <laughs> it's a uh,
2: well, I mean, there, there, there's a lot to that too, and it's the humanizing component of it. But you kind of said it perfectly, like one of the cool things about it, it and it's for sure uh, an experience that everybody should should work toward is is being able to you know travel the world and do the thing that you love and really be paid to do it and you know get to do it with other people who are just as appreciative to do it cuz you do get so many of those endeavors but you know the thing is is that you would never know it nobody in those rooms ever know it i mean i've been a part of seminars where it didn't go well and not that i led but i had taken them and i was like somebody did something wrong the night before but I will say the TGC has always had a pretty good a track record of keeping it together. My biggest debauchery was usually dragging everybody like 100K out into the middle of nowhere to take a photo of something. And everybody's like, dude, I have walked for 32 <laughs> miles today. I don't want to walk anymore. I'm like, we're almost there. we got to get to this fountain in the woods. They're like, this is this whole shit. Uh, but anyway, so back to the thing that actually matters, though, is in in so much of the behavioral part of it, I think, comes from. You know that realization and like i can't communicate with them but i can still make a difference for them and you know you start to learn that through through basically being stripped of your native language and through your your typical comfort things so i think a lot of people think that this journey into becoming a good trainer and a good coach is like you know dragging along this perfect sort of well manicured toolkit that they're going to deliver to anybody who will listen to them right Like whoever's going to listen i'm going to i'm going to unleash this litany this diatribe of all of my years of knowledge and that's well and great if you live inside your comfort zone and such a cool part of my personal journey was like getting someplace and being like i might as well know nothing because there's nothing that i can say right now that's going to work and so but then you realize very quickly that I don't need to speak to you. Instead, I can better just ask these people in a different language a question, right? I can have the translator ask them, I can ask them what they're struggling with, why they're not learning this. And then they start to learn it that same way. And that's when it starts to click. That's like, oh, it wasn't really about me having to come and teach these things as much as it was about me getting to learn the room and then deliver mm-hmm. the information. And I think that part of it gets flip-flopped so much with so many people. I think seminars are such an easy way to to indoctrinate people. I'm not advocating everybody goes out to a foreign country and learns to coach or tries to coach, but wouldn't be the worst use of some people's time, I think.
1: Uh, Well, I spent my time in the Middle East as part of my coaching journey. So therefore it puts you in a different situation, different environment. You have to learn the culture and learn how individuals respond. So that was a good stepping stone for what I do already now. Um, But yeah, to be taken away from the ability to communicate with words and have them to communicate for a translator, um, hmm. it is super important but also in, in terms of different cultures and the way they respond so if you consider comparing something like Russia um, to the Middle East to Scandinavia to America there are four different very different areas of, of people and different way they, they perceive things and the way they receive your information um, so you have to learn to adapt and then I go and tear my bicep in 2015 in, uh, in Nuremberg, in Germany. So then, all of a sudden, where you can then maybe lose one of your coaching communication f- forms, I now have lost demonstration as well. So then, mm. it really pushes you and tests you as a coach on how you can read the room, communicate, and execute as a coach um, moving forward. And and that's where your soft psychosocial skills start to come in.
2: For sure. Um, I feel like culturally at this point, you should share your Russia stories, but we won't. We'll do that at a different time because I I, everybody I actually, needs, I actually everybody needs to experience example. a Russian bathhouse.
1: I, 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 uh, I do give one example of a Russian story when we go in Bird Box Live seminar, and that's when I do the self-reflection reports and I talk about the Gibbs cycle and how we should be using critical reflection as part of our coaching development journey. Um, I talk about how uh, I ran. I, I, I must have been like early day lead, maybe my 10th lead for TGC or across the gymnastics um and it was uh, a big russian guy who had a very large outburst that was basically translated as why the fuck are we doing this um i talk about how it was good conflict management by myself but however in review it managed me actually to adapt the way i lead the seminar and change the layout of the seminar because the the specific thing they're working on was right at the butt end of the seminar um and it didn't work and and so therefore how i basically talk about how reflection makes things change but the stories in russia are fantastic um, <laughs> Russian is a, a, a great place to go but it's even better when you have a Russian translator and an, a Hungarian assist and then you just put on the words hey so what do you think about the the, uh, the policies in Russia at the moment and watch the two conflicting like conversations happen yeah. of which both of them now are on the same page from modern yeah. times changes both of them are now on exactly the same page but back then yeah. it was a very interesting thing over Volker.
2: Yeah, the uh, you give them about and the, mind you, that comes up after at least a bottle of vodka and some horse meat and then some palm leaves and some yes. some lashings and some exactly. some other and then back out in the snow and then back into the heat. And yeah, uh, everybody Just should experience like it once in their life. But anyway, so. On the bird box, which is really where, you know, the the meat and the potatoes of this conversation exists. And one of the reasons, the main reason that we wanted you to be on here, um, obviously, wasn't just to tell stories of travel and for us to regale everybody with those. But the main thing, obviously, is bird box has a very identical philosophy as it applies to the difference between training and coaching and particularly bird box's development of the psychosocial aspect of coaching. And frankly, the fact that you're literally the only one that's doing it. Um, And I think it's such a powerful and profoundly powerful part of it. And I think a lot of people sit on the cusp now of this awareness of, I think there's more to this thing. And as they continue to climb the journey of acquiring more information to become a better trainer, more education, whatever you want to call it, more specific knowledge, they're realizing that this is not inherently increasing my ability to relate to people more particularly it's not necessarily making more valuable in the relationships that I have with the people who are paying me. Like transactionally, they pay me for my programming, my experience and my, my knowledge of the quote unquote methodology. But transformationally, I seem to be missing the ball. And then this is where for me personally, coming into the Bird Box course and seeing it firsthand is really where I think you've done a great job of picking up that ball and being like, hey, let's move into this bigger part of the conversation. But I think I'd be doing a disservice if I gave my opinion of it. So I guess what made you decide
1: to bring this thing to life and where do you, I guess, see it going? It started off with an area of study and then from that, it was also an identification of weakness. Um, First of all, an identification of weakness for potentially our team, how we can grow, but potentially an identification of weakness within seminars in the education context that some people receive. Um, Not fully understanding definitions and the direction of where they want to be going as coaches. Um, all coaches should have a coaching philosophy. A coaching philosophy should guide you. It should set out your morals, your values, your ethics. You'll create a mission statement. You'll decide on a leadership style. Um, You'll have a coaching style and you will be able to have a written like coaching philosophy that you could provide to your members, um, to everyone that you coach. And if you don't have that, are you actually coaching? Because what's guiding you? What's and and so Birdbox online course really focuses on this. We touch it on the live seminar, but most of it comes in the written feedback at the end. Is well, you didn't have a coaching philosophy. So what is guiding you? What apart from yeah. a methodology? And there's a difference between a methodology and your coaching philosophy. You need a methodology, your CrossFit level one, you the CrossFit kernel two be your methodology moving forward, but you need your philosophy on how you present as a person to individuals using that methodology. So that's a key step from it. But before you can even start to consider that, which people try to jump straight into, you need to define things. So you need to define what we're actually trying to achieve. And therefore, in this case, it's coaching. We define coaching from a reference and then we bring in our own references as well to this so the first one b is uh coaching is the organized provision of assistance to athletes or a group of athletes to develop in their chosen goal of sport now that's not our reference that's a reference from kent in 2000 we take it as an academic reference and then we've changed it a little bit and what we've also done is we've provided another reference to exercise instruction um where people are training people but it is exercise instruction it's just taking them through the motions um if you look at people in the gym day-to-day people go into les mills classes les mills classes is exercise instruction but they don't claim to be coaching they just say it is a class and therefore they're doing exactly what it says on the tin however if people coming into a crossfit gym and they're doing the equivalent of a les mills class where everybody's doing the same everyone's receiving the same coaching cues towards the same direction however it's not specific to the individual the demand Therefore, this is exercise instruction, and it isn't coaching the individual to their needs. So we would say then, coaching is the facilitation of a training programme with personal interventions for the participant, helping them to develop in their chosen goal of sport. However, the key note underneath that we would say is that you'll aim to connect with and advance your athlete. And the connect with is then the vitally important part, which comes down to coach-athlete relationships. And that starts to become in the psychosocial elements of coaching um that that is do you have the ability to create a relationship with an athlete or a group of athletes and we, we go further from that and start to explain that if there is no coach athlete relationship no coaching can happen mm. as we progress from there we have a, a pyramid because crossfit loves a, a hierarchy of developments so we maintained a pyramid that people could follow up Coach-athlete relationship sits there at the bottom, so you must develop a coach-athlete relationship. If not, there is no coaching. But the next step from there is biomechanical understanding. The CrossFit level one and level two do a fantastic job of being able to take you through the first step through the door and start becoming an instructor and a trainer. However, to be able to move further and closer towards becoming a coach, you must develop into further areas. One is the coach-athlete relationship. Following that, you must have greater biomechanical understanding. If you take your car to a car garage, you expect them to know what they're working with. So then at this point on a seminar, I start talking to people and be like, can you move your thumb in a full circle for me? And the group are like, yeah, no problem. Some people are smart enough and they understand like, no, you can't, it's a saddle joint. If you try to move it in a small, a full circle, it won't do an elliptical circle, it'll straighten off because it's a saddle joint. So you need to know the joints that you're working with. You need to know the origin sessions of muscles. You don't need to name them off one by one, ideally you do, But you don't need to every day, you don't need to say this because we coach with simplicity, but by having an understanding of the system that you're working with in the body, it will allow you to make better decisions towards movement quality. And we really are working towards movement quality. The biggest thing that we advocate, and this is where we advocate so much with the CrossFit methodology, is CrossFit tells us mechanics, consistency, and intensity. Mm-hmm. now crossfit tells us mechanics consistency intensity and that's what we should be coaching towards however then when people come into a crossfit gym they go so what's crossfit and then they go constantly varied functional movements at high intensity fuck mechanics and so <laughs> all of a sudden they're working towards this high intensity with a poor quality of movement not considering mastery of movement i mean they're forgetting the first thing which is the base of one of the other pyramids so then we start to look at mechanics and how can I understand mechanics And our our first, we have a couple of pyramids, with that first big pyramid is coach-athlete relationship, biomechanical understanding, and then it's movement competency, uh, movement competency identification. Now, at this point, if you don't have biomechanical understanding, what are you comparing what you see to what you know? We Mm. must have a greater depth of understanding. And to be able to see more, you must have that pre-knowledge understanding beforehand. Now you're watching movement, you can start to make decisions. You can start to make changes. You use coaching cues, coaching interventions and coaching constraints. Following that, then you've got the actual coaching intervention and then you go for a review in process. Was I effective? Now, if you were not effective, was I not effective because I don't have a coach-athlete relationship? I need to develop that coach-athlete relation first. And the reason, you could be the most technical, fantastic coach who knows everything in the world, but if you don't have the ability to develop that athlete, with a relationship no coaching will happen Mm. or is it the fact that your understanding of movement or the way the body is meant to move functionally doesn't work in your brain and you need to develop that further therefore we need greater understanding in this area and field we give we give direction around that we give muscle cheat sheets and understanding of origin insertion of muscles but we're not there to teach anatomy and physiology there are thousands of other courses that you can do for that and we really say and, and that's the one thing we do is try and stay within our realm Uh, I've recently seen a lot of companies where they start to say, come to our our seminar, our clinic, because we'll help you on retention. But the thing that will help you the most on retention (laughs) is being an effective coach. And if you want to be an effective coach, you have to understand relationships and you have to be able to go to the deeper side of coaching. The
2: um, One, um, I laugh at the the saddle joint thing because it's hilarious to actually watch an entire room of people do that with your thumb and go.
0: And I guarantee you everyone just got their to this first thumb for like, the first
2: time. Yeah. yeah. You're like, my whole life is a lie. Um, <laughs> but for anybody that's listening to this, I, I promise you if you just go back and re-listen to that five minutes right there, maybe it's like seven minutes, I think, so much of your problem would be solved, the better you can understand that segment. And the reason I say that is that <clears throat> to your point of, about, you know, retention right to use that that example of it retention is only a problem in any business when people are paying you for the thing that you're not giving them exactly and so if transactionally you're not fulfilling on the contract that you're engaging into which is that i'm going to help you get to the x y or z then you're absolutely not going to be there but this is where you come back to that coach athlete relationship because that piece unfortunately is missed so often in that I would almost guarantee as a challenge to anybody that is listening to this, without looking, can you list off 10 of your athletes' goals, pursuits, interests, or endeavors? And unfortunately, you, you know, you really can't. And, and as a business owner, I get it, right? You, you sit in the office and you're distracted from that and you're not on the floor anymore. You can make the excuses for it, but somebody on that floor should be knowing what is the pursuit because what I think ends up happening for so many people is that in this 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 coaching this instruction conversation, is that we get so distracted by the amount of information we need we think we need to consume to become good instructors, we overlook the fact that we are parading as coaches, and then you end up in this this ethical or moral conflict where you're, the very thing that you're doing is not actually what you're doing, and this is a whole industry problem that nobody's nobody's doing it maliciously, but because we're so distracted by the instruction part of it, nobody has any time to step back and be like, despite what I know, what would you do with my knowledge? Because that's really what it comes down to, right? Because it's not so much about I think the entire Western world, and I think I've said this on the podcast before, has a problem with education in that we tend to think of education in terms of ownership. Right? When I learn something, I own that thing, and then it's my job to, to own that and be proud. And then if i am really, I got lots of ownership, I can put my diploma or my degree or my thing on the wall, and then I'm better than everybody else. And in the coaching industry, and in many other industries too, but really particularly in the coaching industry, Knowledge is about the application of information. And this piece is so absent, I think. When, when you get distracted with instruction, instruction is about accumulation. Like, I need to learn, 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 and learn so that I can have better sermons. I can have better, you know, conversations. But coaching is about how do I apply this information to help somebody out? And and you, Bird Box does such a good job of that because for really, a lack of a better explanation, you don't spend a ton of time on the stuff that is covered by other people, right? Like the methodology is sound and it's there and it's done. So we don't have to get into the, the nitty gritty and the, and the nuances and otherwise it's, hey, how are you applying that, right? And I think that that's the reason why, you know, we so proudly have such a, a strong partnership with BirdBox for Coach Development is that nobody really needs to necessarily learn more things. We believe this on the affiliate side as well as the coach side. I mean, there is some learning, but for the most part, it's it's mostly about, Let's get to doing, because you already know what to be doing. You're just not applying it the right way. And as it applies to the coaching floor, and it starts with, are you an instructor or are you a coach? And maybe you want to become a coach, but I think Bird Box is a really good job of highlighting like, oh, wow, I'm not yet a coach, but this is what needs to happen to get there. And I think that will solve so many people's problems and just being like, oh, I'm literally selling people's shoes and giving them gloves like uh, it's not even the same thing and they're but surprised what's, what's
0: good what's good about that ascension of I I understanding i
2: don't know if you're talking or you are singing to yourself over there
0: may can you hear me now
2: ah she gone. look at this is great and finally lisa is silent
0: <laughs> can you hear me Bertie? i can hear. You. yeah well, that's gone. all that matters that's all that matters you can't oh
2: technology has failed her Bertie can I hear me. Wait, so is it fa- if it fails you, does that mean it fails the whole episode? Because that would be a bad thing because we're not recording this the third time.
0: No, uh, Bertie can hear all me. The way
2: I can't hear anybody.
1: Yeah, yeah. that's you. <laughs>
0: that's, a, that's a Tony problem. He was very happy I there. Think I think know me, why. Don't yeah, oh, there you go.
2: Stand by. It's my technology.
0: Thank- Tony's admitted he was in the wrong for a change. We better mark this down. I'll time stamp it. Um, <laughs> say something. Was- Hello. 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 Yeah.
2: There we go. me. So the this whole is- time the so, asshole you know what they say if everyone else is the <laughs> asshole you're the asshole
0: apology accepted so my, but we're going to time stamp this when you, Lisa you know, it it's
2: very peaceful on when lisa's not talking <laughs> Just kidding, as i was
0: saying it's this ascension of like you go and realize where you're at in your coaching journey and what you're missing because there's such a focus that people assume that well i've got my l2 three or four i'm a coach well you've passed some assessments, you've passed a test, but here are the skills that are really going to make, move you from that trainer instructor mode to being an actual coach but, and understanding where those skill gaps are. Like, cannot, am I shit at building relationships? Am I, do I not really understand why my thumb won't spin in a circle or why it shouldn't spin in a nice flat circle? Like if that has blown your mind, you can see where the gaps are rather than just going, well, I'm a coach. i passed the latest level.
1: So the, the, the best thing of that is that even if like people will listen to this and they be like, I-, I think I'm pretty good, we take another reference from academia, and this is how we actually start the seminar. And we say that coaches are blissfully unaware of their own actions, that the athletes that they're coaching or the peer coaches they work with are better perceivers of their actual actions. So in simplest terms, you may think you're a fantastic coach. However, if I want to know you're a fantastic coach, I need to go and speak to your athletes they mm-hmm. will tell me how you coach and how you communicate they'll tell me about their level of progression now i actually did a um uh a talk at the affiliate gathering i'm actually doing another affiliate gathering next weekend in netherlands and i did a talk at the affiliate gathering in the uk and i had nicole carroll sat down at the front row on the, on the left of me uh, and i asked the group a question
2: now he's stuck this is not my time there he goes
1: uh, def- the
2: Elon Musk doesn't like him today.
0: No, <laughs> we just never meant to record with Bertie.
2: He'll come back, but at least he's not frozen in a bad face.
0: No, no, that's that's always that's always a pleasant surprise when that happens.
2: I'm sure he'll he'll have it on. The story is a good one, so I need it. I need him to come back to do it.
0: Yeah, to talk about the it was like a mic drop. Uh, oh, asked a question.
2: Cool. There we wait. Oh, there oh. we got him. What was that me? Yep. We got him back.
0: Yeah, that, yeah, that was. you. We missed that whole thing. We I'm just got to so the bit
2: where we had, We got the you, Nicole Carroll, in the front row.
1: That was. That
0: was okay, where we so
2: got yeah. to.
1: Um, I went to affiliate <laughs> gathering. I've got another one coming up next week, which is the Netherlands. But I went to the affiliate gathering in the UK. Now, uh, at this affiliate gathering, I managed to direct a question to the group. And the way I started off this question is I defined mastery, uh, and I said mastery is the uh, the development of the ability to potentially use the the hundred percent of the athlete's ability. But I define it in the simplest way that we say that the eccentric and the concentric movement should look identically the same. We use this in CrossFit gymnastics. We use this for a bird box. So if you imagine an air squat, if the athlete goes down and all things being well, you are stronger eccentrically than concentrically in mastery of position, you should come up exactly the same way. So if you consider the people in your gym doing a back squat, the way they go down with mastery in position, they should come up the same way. Now, if they go down and they butt wink, they twist or there's an alternative position of movement, there is not mastery shown in that movement. Uh, I defined this first of all to the group and I said to them please tell me what you think is the percentage of your membership base that could squat with mastery with anything between 40 to 50 percent of their maximum back squat. Uh, I had a room full of potentially 300 affiliates in front of Nicole Carroll and the honest and they were very honest. The, the percentage, Do you want to guess the percentage they came forward to? I know the answer, so I can't guess it. You know the answer. Yeah. Two to 3%. There was 5% thrown around, but actually the group decided together there was two to 3% of their membership base that could squat with mastery at 40 to 50% of their maximum. Mm -hmm. Now that tells me no coaching's happening. And I said this to them, and they said, no coaching's happening. And there was an agreement. They said, so how do we become better coaches, more effective coaches? And it becomes a part of holding the standard, understanding mastery, and knowing what to coach and how to coach it. The other way you can also consider this is if you were to take all of your members' power numbers, power clean or uh, or power snatch, and you take all of their squat numbers, pow, uh, squat snatch or squat clean, and you compare the number of power snatch to squat snatch, we should be looking at a percentage of 87%. Mm-hmm. These aren't numbers we're making up. This is actually taken from, from research and transferred across. So it is referenced rather than it being an opinion. If we are not around the 87%, Give or take two to three percent. We can be flexible around that. But if you find that your members are doing, let's say, a 90 kg squat snatch, but they're also doing a 90 kg power snatch and their powers are so close to their squat movements. We know there is no coaching happening and therefore we are losing. So instead of it becoming a thing about understanding if the coach is effective or not or the coach is telling me they're effective and that's their perception of themselves. I don't even need to go and ask the members. Is your coach effective? I can actually look at how people move with the definition definition of mastery are they achieving mastery in their movement or we could just look at the results on the board which not many people do a lot with sometimes and understand the workouts of the day and their actual scores and results and be looking at these numbers and being like no coaching is happening here you're doing an excellent job as an exercise instructor you're taking people through the motion every day but you're not making them fitter faster stronger and that's what you are you're telling them you're doing with crossfit you're giving them longevity by trying to make them as fitter faster stronger every day
2: mm-hmm. yeah i mean you and i had a, a good conversation about that that like you know the average affiliate will tell you that they're here for you know objective quantifiable fitness and in the improvement of it but you know we we already know that the vast majority are really just score collectors right that's simply all that's actually happening because no one's doing anything with that data and you know to your point like you said it i don't even necessarily need to see what you're doing on the floor i don't have to come in and critique your staff or even you know do some degree of coaching review i can just look at the whiteboard and be like something here isn't working because none of these numbers are matching up to where they need to be and i think what's important about this conversation too is that none of this is to say or suggest or or even you know support that HQ isn't doing a great job. Like arguably they are the greatest training platform on the planet. There is no bigger better team to do what they do. What is a problem is what everybody is doing with that information after they acquire it. And I think this is such a an important part of it. Like you need to take those you got to take the L1, you got to take the L2 and all the other courses that are in the ecosystem are there and chosen by HQ for a reason. But none of that does really anything until somebody starts to say, okay, how are you going to apply it? And I think bird box does a really good job of stepping into that piece. And so you definitely saw a need there where it was like, Hey, um, this is how you're going to apply that information, or here's how to know whether or not you're doing a good job applying that information. And that's such a critical step of that self-reflection of like, absent of my own politics and my own campaigning for my own bullshit, (laughs) am I actually making a difference in this person? And so much of this is not about how well, and when we say coaching, when we say instruction, it's not that you need to learn more stuff. It's not that you need to learn more anatomy and more cues and and have more things. And it's when it comes to coaching, are you affecting their behavior? And by behavior, I don't mean, are they making good decisions or bad decisions? Although that is actually what it is, but it's if they are not squatting below parallel, there's a physical behavioral issue that's getting them there, right? especially if we can tell them to some degree why that's important and they're still not doing it, that's either because they don't want to or because they can't or because they don't understand. That's a behavioral issue. No amount of training in the world is going to affect that until somebody steps in and changes the behavior. And that's like the role of a coach. And so, so much of this is not about you need to learn more stuff. It's more about you need to learn how to do more with that quote unquote stuff. And I think bird box is a great job of that. And it's, it is a missing piece of it. And it's the framework that fit Filiate's built on too, which is that like, listen, you don't need to learn more. You can Google the answer to anything you need in your business. The problem is why does it keep going wrong? Right? No different than the squat. Like, you know what a squat should look like. So why do you look like mashed potatoes every time I say go, right? Like, well, that's just how I squat, right? That's your behavior and we need to address that so that we can actually make an improvement otherwise you're going to stay right here and i think you know for that reason it's it's a no brainer why you know we work so hand in hand with Bird Box and so many of the clients we, you know we send to you guys for that exact reason because every coaching coaching development is the eternal distraction of the affiliate not in the right way though right it's like it's the thing that affiliate owners like to do to just get their coaches <laughs> out of their hair and be like I'm just going to send you to take your L whatever or go do this thing over here. And then hopefully you just come back and my problem is solved. Right. But like that's not happening. So real coaching development is are your people actually able to do the thing that you are charging people for them to do? Or did you just print coach on all of your shirts and throw it to somebody who was willing to take the 530 AM class? I already know the answer. Right. So let's just fix that because like you can't sell somebody, you know, a full engine swap. If you're going to literally just change their tires and be like, "Yeah, no, it's not gonna work. It'll roll better," right? Like, cause it's not going to work that way. And and, and BirdBox touches on that because nobody else is really touching on the psychosocial. Everybody's talking about the curriculum and the exercise science, and those are great things. But I don't think the world needs much more of that. And, you're, and nobody's going to do a better job of that
1: than HQ is. But um, don't know how to apply it. HQ are going through the level one, level two, like this this is a fundamental understanding of what CrossFit is and how to provide CrossFit. Um, mm-hmm. they, that is what their intent is, and they're doing an amazing job of that. Uh, we, we are defining the difference between exercise instruction and coaching. However, you need to be an effective exercise instructor before you can become a more effective coach. You need to be able to control a room and 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 direct people, which is exactly what level one, level two are providing people the understanding to be able to do. Without that, there is no further step forward. Um, when it comes into like coaching development, you can go away and read everything forever. People leave the course and write, "Hey, I want a read list." I'm like, "That's great," but you need to also put this into practice because you can know everything under the sun, and if you don't use anything, then it's a complete waste of time. Um, so it's the practical application and how to become more effective in that, uh, and that's where we use the transformational coaching model. Um, that, that is, think- is the simplest approach we can
0: it's being open to that process, the, you know, the, some of the psychological aspects to coaching don't necessarily come natural to, you know, 90% of the population where it's, you know, kind of like, oh, good job, or, oh, you're a bit stressed today, we'll just do more burpees more, oh, you didn't do that again, okay, well, you fell off your eating plan again, well, let's just restart rather than getting into why. Um, And, and understanding that deeper level of it's not a natural skill. So I need to understand how to learn that and and be open to learning that and practicing it and understanding it's going to feel a bit, you know, awkward and uncomfortable to start with. But that's, that's, you know, as you said earlier, the bottom of the pyramid is forming that can, connection is going to make all those other things 3000% better.
1: Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Like, you, example running off that, the first bit you said is, we get people coming in where we're considering transformational coaching. One areas of transformational coaching is charisma. There are 10 key points to charisma. Um, one of them is pauses. So when I go to a Spanish or a Latin speaking country and they don't stop talking constantly, I, I, I literally, I can count for one minute how many words I say in a minute. And sometimes I just turn around to them and I go 134 WPM words per minute. And they go, what? Well, 134. How do you squeeze 134 words in one minute, constantly as you're coaching? How many of them have just been absorbed? So
0: mm-hmm. therefore,
1: in terms of charisma and being more effective, we know that if we strive to be transformational, be more effective. One of the five areas of transformational coaching is charisma. One of the 10 key points of charisma is pauses or even trying to use silence. So therefore, let's make your words more effective. That, th- mm-hmm. that is a physical step to make that athlete or that coach more effective. Um, sure. Yeah. Practical
2: application. A, a, a really good litmus test of this too is, is kind of what Lisa just touched on it. Like one of the easiest ways to to know or highlight whether or not you have you know a an instruction or coaching problem or a transactional versus transformational problem is is simply to look at how effective are you at applying or administering a nutrition program inside your affiliate. And we already know that you know despite the fact that it is the foundation of the entire cross pyramid. I would say that probably maybe on the high side, 3% of CrossFit affiliates are effective at this. And one of the reasons for that is that nutrition, as it applies to instruction, is almost useless. There's not a human on the planet who doesn't know that chicken, broccoli, and water is probably the answer. The question is, why don't you want to eat them? And this is barring, obviously, very specific, you know, training or nutrition programs for certain things. But like in regards to actually making somebody a healthier, happier more, you know, effective human. It's not about what they need to eat. They already know what they need to eat. The question is, why aren't they eating it? And this is the foundational problem and why it doesn't work in an affiliate. Everybody's like, what am I going to teach them? I got to teach them about blocks. That isn't going to matter. You can tell them how palm size, thumb size, finger size, you can call them blocks, you can call them macros, you can call it everything you want. They already know it for the most part, your clients, they know that they need to eat better. The question is, why aren't they? And so that is a behavioral based conversation that has to happen when the coach athlete relationship And that right there shows you that people are like one of the fundamental problems of the average affiliate is that they think their information is what people is paying them for or are paying them for. And that's, they have to understand that, no, they're paying you for transformation and transformation requires a relationship and a relationship mm. is worth a fuck ton of money. You know, it's not education, right? Because like you can Google all the information under the sun right now. And by the time they get to you, I promise you they have Googled quite a bit. They are just shit at applying it because nobody's addressed their behavior.
0: Well, you know, there's a big difference to being talked at and lectured at and being made to feel like you're failing at something versus someone sitting down and saying to you, why is this so hard for you? Like, what's the struggle here? Tell me because I want to help you. I want to work with you rather than, you're not following your food plan. You suck. You're a shitty human. Yeah. And go well. That's just nothing. I failed at. See us. I'll go somewhere else. And the cycle continues. So I think that that's that's definitely a big piece in the puzzle. And and being okay to have those conversations and sit in and hold the space. And like you said, um, Bertie, you know, shut up. Just hold. Say it and be quiet. Like just hold the space. Hold the space.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think you know one. You see it all the time too, like. But- people love to carpet bomb coaching development by you just got to care. And then they're like, just care more. Oh yeah. That's exactly what the problem is. Just care more. You can, you, there's no way to convey care through the instruction model. Like you can make it fun. You can make it entertaining and you can make it, you know, exciting to some degree, but care requires relationship and that requires transformation and that requires coaching. And so like you, you can try all you want and you can put it on all the t-shirts that you want. But until you actually start coaching, you can't start caring about people, and that's not instruction. It's not about your ability to hit the points of performance and hit these cues and recite these things and, and deliver this information. It's to Birdie's point: like, just show me how your people move. I'll tell you if you care.
1: Well, you can make it. You can make an analogy of that: is that people. People who care—they say a nurse cares. She really cares, and she wants to look after people. She cares so much that today she decides to be a surgeon. She doesn't understand what she's working with, what's inside the body, but she's going to decide to work inside that body today. She they cares, she really freaking fucking cares, but she hasn't got clue. <laughs> gotta what get to that
2: thing out of them. Yeah, same thing. Yeah yeah they the whole thing is 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 i think so important about it and i and i think bird box does a great job of it i mean tgc has been doing it for a very long time and one of the big frustrations with tgc for so many coaches who took it is they're like it's like giving them a nuclear weapon to go back to you know a knife fight they're like what on earth am i going to do with all this behavioral based neurological information that requires me to have conversations and communication and sit down and like how do i take this back to my gym and just put it on the whiteboard well you 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 don't because gymnastics is just the neurological aspect of fitness and that requires coaching and like it was a no-brainer that bird box came to life for that exact reason because it was at the tail end of every sunday you're just like how did they miss this right And, and it wasn't even so much that it was like what's wrong with them it was more so like oh it's just not A part of the consciousness. And, and I think that that's why it's very cool. And and you you see it in the room too, you know, having sat in the room to watch people be like, oh, you know, especially like your, the practical review stuff that you do. And then in in the the email feedback that you give to them, they're like, wow, that is nothing. It's it's an epiphany, right? It's an awareness and that awareness precedes action. And I think that they all need it.
1: Throughout the weekend, we, we have structures as well. So there's the underpinning pieces of reasoning for them to be able to go away with that depth. Um, but the written feedback is individually personalized. Everyone receives that individually written to them off the back of the course material of what they need to go into action. Um, that really does separate us from anything else in terms of coaching development or uh, educational courses, because it is specific to the individual, because if we don't hold the standard of, coaching the individual within a the relationship, then everything we spoke for the weekend would just be in hypocrites. So we make sure we hold that standard as well.
2: Yeah. And cool. I mean, I think that I think that does a great job of, of highlighting, well, one, both a need and a solution. Uh, Bird Box would be your solution. If you find yourself in a position of retention issues or you find yourself in a position of not being able to actually deliver on the thing that you're actually charging people for, or you just frankly find yourself in a in an unfortunate situation with with poor coaches bird box is in my opinion literally the only psychosocial solution that you have at your disposal especially in a seminar format and especially in a in a, in a scalable format so hopefully this episode i think brings some of that to light and frankly i mean there's a lot more that i want to dig into and now that we've got the first one officially i think knock on <laughs> knock on wood recorded uh i think we can jump into some deeper parts of that in some future episodes which i think will be a fun sort of recurring guest relationship yeah. there because there's so much there's so much in that nuance that I, I you and i loved we've talked about it enough times but that was usually over beers and and in private and there was probably a lot more swear words than youtube will like us to put out there but i think we can we can clean it up a little bit but uh Maybe we'll just, yeah. we'll record, we'll go skiing. We'll, we'll snowboard and I'll go skiing. And then we'll just put Lisa remotely on and we'll just be <laughs> on the ski slope. Um, That'd but, be easy. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Just, on the no just Just for as sure. you go back up. But we will put all of the, um, your contact stuff for Bird Box, TGC in in the show notes clearly. But highly recommend if you are in the vicinity of a Bird Box seminar, jump on, of course, do TGC, but, uh, you know, expand your um coaching horizons for sure and we will definitely have you back on again i'm glad we coordinated and um looking forward to chatting some more birdie for sure
2: thanks very much yes. guys everybody's in three different time zones here so <laughs> yeah
0: it, it's a jungle. i love the internet yeah.
2: literally yeah we're just like one giant loop around there we just need yeah, well just- i guess we technically have eurasia it's like we just need someone in like the southern hemisphere i yeah. guess lisa counts as southern hemisphere
0: i am the southern hemisphere i that's that's where <laughs>
2: that's true All right. you, i have forgotten your prison colony over there
0: oh. <laughs> thanks for listening we hope you enjoyed today's show please remember to like and subscribe on your favorite platform and if you know an affiliate owner a coach or entrepreneur that would benefit from hearing our conversations please share this with them we love the feedback and support we have from you guys our audience If you'd like to reach out to us, you can find all the useful links in the show notes. We would love to connect with you. Keep doing the great work.